0: Liberty, Always live on the free Odyssey app.
1: Back here on After Hours, Dusty Likens with you, 610 Sports Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Final hour of the show... To me, it's gone by fast. To others, it might be just a drag. Who knows? Uh, Hall of Fame game still in action. 10-28 left in the first half. Jets up 6-0. Good golly, Miss Molly. I think that uh, under could possibly be something that is, uh, I don't know, maybe something of help. We'll have to tune in to Shohei Otani, who I think, I believe, starts at 835 when it comes to their thing. But one thing that we do every night at 8 o'clock, 913-586-7610, 6, 6, is the out-of-left-field question. That question we gave you at the break. What is something that was peak 1990s and peak 2000s? Some of your questions already in. One thing that we want to do is always get your advice. 913-586-7610. Feel free to chime in to the out of left field questions. We get the tunes in every night. From the text line. The Game Boy. What's the Game Boy 90s? I felt like the Game Boy was like 88, 89. Now, if you'd have said, like, Sega Genesis Game Gear, now we're talking. From the 417 Wrestling. From the 620, the Taco Bell Dog. Again, the question out of left field tonight, 913-586-7610. What was peak 90s slash 2000s? Nothing is more 90s than the book, the book it, Free Pan Pizzas for Reading at School, Peak Public Education. That might be the greatest text we get tonight. I don't know how many of you remember that, and I remember the cheat code of how you got a free pan pizza. Your ass just read the back of the book and then wrote the synopsis on the paragraph and turned it in, and Miss Anderson was like, Wow, I can't believe you've read six books this month, Dusty. Congratulations, here's a free book it. And then you went to your parents and said, Hey, uh, let's go to Pizza Hut tonight. You know what else I might so might be peak 90s, 2000? Pizza Hut Buffet. God, oh, dog, I miss a Pizza Hut Buffet. I tore up a Pizza Hut Buffet. Them little lights that had, like, the cool logo on it, the red cup that was a Coca-Cola cup. You knew that you'd been to a Pizza Hut Buffet and did one of them in your, in your cupboards at home. Tamagotchi comes rolling in. I killed about seven of those things. Not the actual device. I just never fed them. From the 620 Legends of the Hidden Temple. 620? Can you name three of the different teams that were on Legends of the Hidden Temple? I think I can name three right now, but I'm going to give you the chance. The coin spinner on the Taco Bell counter to try and win free tacos. That might be nice. Dial up internet. You remember that when you were on your parents' uh underneath their roof of your parents' house and maybe your mom or your dad was on the computer and then you'd pick up the phone to call your friend and you'd get yelled at because you disconnected them from the internet. I don't want people remember that. Buddy Robert texts me and says, Seattle grunge music. That's right. Pearl Jam, Nirvana, all those great bands. There's another pick. There we go. Go ahead and tackle him inside. Don't let him go to the house. All right. Even though the clock stops on a possession change. Cleveland Browns. They don't look good. Uh, Yeah, it's not going good for this guy. He looks like he's actually crying. Uh, Pizza Hut Buffet meant my parents weren't stopping me from drinking a gallon of Dr. Pepper. Love some purple parrots, too. There you go. 6-0 is the score of this Hall of Fame game. Uh, Blue Barracudas, Orange Iguanas, Silver Snakes, Purple Parrots. Congratulations, 6-2. I'm proud of you. I am proud of you. I love Legends of the Hidden Temple. They don't make Nickelodeon shows like we do. Peak 90s slash 2000s is the out of left field question tonight. 913 586 7610, Jay Southland Toast Service. Text line Are you afraid of the dark? What about Tales of the Hidden or Tales from the Crypt? Somebody says, Don't know what we're talking about. I assume pure nostalgia. No, we're talking about the out of left field question, which was What is peak ninety? What was peak 1990s slash 2000s? TRL's got to be on this list at some point. Somebody wait for Carson Daly to come out here and get on this TV. GoldenEye on the, on the Nintendo 64? Fantastic. Fantastic. Somebody says Harry Potter. Blockbuster Video. Slipknot Tool and Filter. Was Filter the band that sang Take My Picture from the movie Girl Next Door? That's a that's a that's a pretty impressive text there. Stone Cold vs. The Rock, 90s 2000s AOL Attitude Era, American Gladiators, pagers, Dragon Ball Z on Cartoon Network, Matt TV was beginning in the 90s. Again, out of left field question: What was peak 1990s 2000s? The ShamWow guy was Billy Mays. Was Billy Mays rocking out in the 90s and 2000s before he died of a cocaine overdose? Before he had a too, too much nose sugar? Jet score again. Looks like it's about to be 13-0. We need, some, we need these guys to chill. Let's just chill out, New York. Somebody types in Mr. Brightside. My 1988 Dodge Dakota that I got fresh paint in summer of 2000 and senior pictures with. That's pretty solid, very detailed. We all remember senior pictures. You took the same photo as every single other person that graduated before you and after you. It's just a different face in the pictures. I'm gonna need this game to chill out a little bit. I'm gonna need the Jets to just run the ball the rest of the game, and Cleveland to just stop scoring. To just keep being Cleveland, as it looks like they're on their way to 13-0 uh, here in the first half with nine minutes left to go. Push, pops. This got a little dark, but somebody said Owen Hart at Kemper Arena. That's a little deep. That man died in that arena. Fell from the rafters and hit the turnbuckle. Somebody says pagers. I never had a pager. Never was really into it. My dad had one. He was a paper salesman. Worked for a company called Expedex. And every time that man got a page, it was like somebody took a cattle prop and shocked him from the side. I thought he was going to throw it out the window. thought he was going to break something every time he got hit with it. Somebody says Nelly in general, better believe it. At one point, I knew every single word on the CD of Country Grammar. Cow and Chicken. I'm a, are, you, are you aware of Cow and Chicken? Do you know what Cow and Chicken is? Is that a, is that a cartoon? And Living Color, 90210, Dawson's Creek, Biggie Small's Tupac. That's peak 90s 2000 for somebody. And Living Color, fantastic show. Underrated show and a lot of great talent. Jamie Foxx, Jim Carrey. I believe J-Lo was on that show as one of the dancer girls. In fact, I know she was. Somebody says Surge. Surge was so bad for kids and so bad for the human consumption, they banned it from my school. Literally. Like, they took Surge out of our school because kids were just getting hopped up. From the 913, Pam Anderson. I feel like a lot of people's 90s would peak Pam Anderson. She was like the 80s version of, uh, what was that girl that was in the Farrah Fawcett? She was in the picture that was on like the car that every guy had, every guy from the 70s and 80s had on the ceiling of their room. I have a pager from my job now. That's not true. There's no way they still make pagers. Nineteen ninety-eight, Pure nostalgia here. McGuire versus Sosa. Again, this is the out of left field question. 913-586-7610 here on the text line, the Jay Southland Toe Service text line. I'm officially done with the over-under. I think the over is going to hit now. Unless this flag comes back for holding, then we can get back and get into praise God on the under. Yep, definitely hold. Uh, point meets world. Uh, when my hair used to grow out longer than it is now, a lot of people said that I looked like Corey Matthews. From the 785, my alcohol tolerance peaked in the 90s and 2000s. Friends, Star Trek phone, boy meets world. I see your Pam Anderson and raise you a Carmen Electra. I see your Pam Anderson and Carmen Electra and I raise you a Jennifer Love Hewitt. She had a nickname that I can't say on this airwaves, but she was a babe. I love me some Jennifer Love Hewitt. That's the only reason why I watched, I know what you did last summer. What about Tiffany Amber Thisa? You get down with Kelly Kapowski. What about Topanga, my first love? I don't like feet, but I would to massage her feet every day just to be her husband. And that's a real story. MTV Movie Awards, the little, the little moon guy. Isn't that what they won? All that. A great 90s and 2000 peak. Amanda Bynes. We don't know where she's at anymore, but she got into some some mental trouble. Dear Amanda, that's me. That was all that. Bonus point on all that if you can tell me who sang the theme song. Women's group is your is your is your uh, is your little cheat code there. Somebody says rewinding the sex scene in Top Gun several times in the middle of the night. Was it even a good sex scene in Top Gun? I feel like it was at dusk, or maybe it was at dawn, and they were in like some heavy sheeted beds. From what I remember. I don't know when Monsters Ball came out. If that was before 2001 or after, or whatever it was. That was a a hell of a... Coolio did not do the All That theme song. Sorry. Coolio did Keenan and Kel. All That was by TLC. There you go. The top text got it. Coolio did All That. There you go. Um, Cotton Weary from Scream 2. That's a hell of a pool. Cinemax. How many of you people used to watch your TV with the squiggly lines and try to find a boob? I don't know if I'm describing myself. Original pop punk, Blink-182, Good Charlotte, Yellow Car, Newfound Glory, Simple Plan, all in my playlist. Somebody knows my music. Beavis and Butthead, peak 90s, 2000. Again, this is the out of left field question, 913-586-7610. We'll continue to bring these up. I know a lot of people think it might be nostalgia, but 90s to 2000s, what peaked? Now CDs. Carson Daly. Who the hell else knows? 913-586-7610. That's the J Southland Toast Service text line. Continue with your answer, but on the other way back on the other side, we'll get into what this Bobby Witt Jr. situation is and how the Royals have won six games in a row and why you now probably will watch this weekend against the Philadelphia Phillies. This is After Hours with your host Dusty Light.
0: to After Hours with Dusty Lichens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks,
1: scenic views. Back here on 610 Sports Trader, you're listening to After Hours, the nightly program that goes from 6 to 9 p.m. on 610 Sports Radio. I'm your host, Dusty Likens. As we dive into the 8 o'clock hour, thanks for everybody that's joined us so far. Again, we just got done with the out-of-left-field question, 913-586-7610. Thanks to Aaron Ladd, who joined us earlier from 41 KSHB, uh, as he's out in uh, Birmingham, Alabama, doing his thing with his comrades, having a little bit of fun. As we, uh, as we dive into more and more of these, uh, you know, interesting debates, interesting topics. We talked a little Justin Ross. We'll get into that a little bit later. Patrick Mahomes and his greatness a little bit earlier. But one thing that we've seen lately is some greatness from the K. And that all led by one Bobby Witt, Jr.,
2: Is crushed to center field
3: and gone.
2: That is 12 RBIs for Bobby Witt Jr. on this homestand.
1: 12 RBIs on the home stand. A walk-off Grand Slam, his first walk-off home run of his career. That again happened on Friday night. They sweep the twins. They sweep the Mets. Now, again, a lot of people can say, oh, I don't care. It doesn't matter anymore. This team's so far out of it. They're 40 games out. Nah, nah. Here's the thing about this. What you're watching is a superstar who has arrived. And I think from the first day that they drafted Bobby Witt Jr. to last year, you see a lot of things that you want to see come to fruition, and that is the superstar level that is Bobby Witt Jr. We had Aaron Ladd on a little bit earlier. You listened to Vern's postgame show today as he was talking about the Bobby Witt Jr. hype and everything that is. And there's, there's a few conversations you can be had with Bobby Witt Jr. here. One of which is, I want to go see successful baseball at the K. I'm going to go to the K, and I'm going to watch Bobby Wood Jr. That's what I'm going to do. He's entertaining. I don't know how long he's going to be here. He's interesting for me to watch. I love watching the kid play. He steals bases. He hits home runs. He does magnificent things in the defense. And one thing that was said today from Chiefs, or from Chiefs, sorry, a lot of Chiefs talk, but from Royals PR via... Rob Collins of Fox 4 News is that Bobby Witt Jr. is one home run shy away from being the first Major League Baseball player to have 20 home runs and 30 stolen bases in his first two years as an MLB player. And a lot of comparisons that you get to is Mike Trout, Fernando Tatis Jr., Barry Bonds earlier on in Pittsburgh before there were steroids. And Some of the numbers that compare now, Bobby Wood Jr., a little bit different average or a slugging percentage than Barry Bonds as it started off a little bit different when it comes to on base percentage, but RBIs 141 compared to 100 in their first 256 games played Bobby Wood Jr., a little bit different, you know, average wise, 238 to 237, not a whole lot home runs, 38, 38. Bobby Wood Jr. Has arrived. And the thing that's great about this is there are three different topics when it comes to Bobby Witt Jr. arriving as a, I don't know, as a superstar in the baseball world. Because there's a yin and a yang when it comes to this, being a Royals uh, team member and also being in the market that is baseball. The Royals have never really signed one of these guys to a long-term extension. Brett was here before money got really wild. and Even Brett's contract, a lot of people back then were like, wow, he's making how much? And you look at guys like Eric Hosmer, who's probably the last big superstar that the Royals had that they didn't sign. Now, there were rumors that maybe there was a seven-year, $140 million offer on the table that went away, and then San Diego came in and gave him seven for whatever it may have been, and so on and so forth. But Eric Hosmer wasn't re-signed. Moussakis signed a one-year extension, then was traded. You look at Salvador Perez. Doesn't really make a lot of money for the position, so it doesn't really count. But guys like Johnny Damon, guys like... Uh, Zach Grinke after he wins the Cy Young. Guys like Carlos Beltran. They don't last long in this market because you're a small market team. Just a little update, 13-0 in the Hall of Fame game. Jets in Cleveland, two minutes and four seconds left. But you look at guys like Bobby Witt Jr., and the one thing that pops into my head and gives me a little bit of a debate that I think of with myself is you have one of two options, at least to me, in this offseason. Either you're going to sign and extend Bobby Witt Jr., and give him that sort of Fernando Tatis sort of contract before he gets any better we think we should sign him now because it'll be cheaper in the long run because if he does this again next year then there's absolutely no possibility that you would ever be able to sign him just because of where you're at when it comes to market where it comes to where salary cap or there is no salary cap and where you can't afford that the other thing too is that you didn't trade Bobby Wood Jr the trade deadline you didn't trade Brady Singer you didn't trade MJ Melendez. You kept a lot of the core intact. Now you did get rid of some fat outside. You got rid of Scott Barlow, rolled Chapman, you know, Amir Garrett was DFA'd and you traded other guys along the way as well. Ryan Yarbrough guys. That you probably didn't see on this team for the next few years. And a guy like Bobby Witt Jr. In the off season potentially gives you a haul of a return if you were to trade him to a team that maybe just missed because they didn't have that guy in their second spot in their their lineup that can afford somebody like that, right? Like a San Diego, like a New York, like a Los Angeles, teams that are big market teams that you know spend money in the offseason. Now, again, I know this hurts to hear for some people because you'd love to see Bobby Witt Jr. on this team forever. But look at other small market teams and look at how they survive. And the number one example would probably be for me, the Tampa Bay Rays, right? They went out and traded a pitcher for a Rosa Reina and a Rosa Reina became the rookie of the year out of the Cardinals system. He came to the Tampa Bay Rays, became rookie of the year, was fantastic in the world baseball classic. And I can promise you, Randy or will not be a Tampa Bay Ray for more than five years. It's just not in their makeup. They know how the system works. They had Blake Snell, let him go. James Shields, let him go. Will Myers, let him go. Right? Now, Will Myers didn't really develop to where we thought it was going to happen. But, again, they had these guys in their system, and they got stuff back. Now, the one thing that we have to always remember about baseball is when you trade a guy like a Bobby Witt Jr., and, again, I'm not out here with the sign saying trade Bobby Witt. I'm just giving you a scenario that is the Kansas City Royals and the small market franchise that they are. A guy like Bobby Witt Jr. brings a Hall back. And out of that haul, you're hoping for two guys to hit because you didn't draft well in the past. Daniel Lynch has been up and down. Brady Singer seems to only have one bad month this year. Everything else has been pretty solid for Brady Singer. But the thing is, is if you lock a guy up like Bobby Witt Jr. and you don't really have anything else to go with it, then what's the point? You're just going to be another bad team with a really good player, but... If the possibility presents itself to where you can send somebody to a team that has a good farm system and has a proven player that you can get on the other side, right? Like maybe you talk to, I don't know, somebody like the New York Yankees and maybe they have a pitcher. That's a number one prospect. And it's in that Yankees farm system. That's really, really solid. That's always known to have top end guys because of trades and because of players or stuff like that. That's something you can do with a guy like Bobby Witt jr. But at the end of the day, the Royals will have a very serious conversation to be had. Are they going to build this team in a new stadium behind the liking of Bobby Wood Jr., Vinny Pasquantino, Brady Singer, maybe a Daniel Lynch if he can stay healthy and keep it together? Or do you start from scratch and rebuild it all and go Royal Rays instead of Rays Royal and really show this league that you're serious about winning, that you want to be a Tampa Bay Rays team? You brought a guy like over from Matty Q. You brought a guy over from the Rays system. New GM, new new beginnings? We'll find out what this team does. But right now, Bobby Witt Jr., a legit superstar. In fact, they had this to say on MLB Network when it comes to Bobby Witt Jr.
2: This is just battle mode. You don't see 102-103. You cannot come off that. So he's getting into this count. The deeper it gets, 101 right by him. And here we go. You're hanging off for dear life. 102 off, inside, fouls off a bucko, two. He's battling. How do you spit on that, Bobby? I have no idea, but now we're going heater. In, off, run that back. Look at the count. 3-2, can't walk him. I'll tell you what, if he has the stones to throw him a breaking ball right yeah, here, he probably, he probably, probably punches him out. But he decides, I'm going to live and die with my one which 102, good. which you have to. Watch where this pitch is. And it's not like Bobby's in a great position to hit. This is just athleticism. What'd you talk about? Lightning hands.
1: Is that why, in your mind, he can get to
2: a
3: pitch like that? Absolutely.
2: Because a mortal hitter can't get to it. Absolutely. I mean, the ability to pull his hands in, quick twitch, can't teach this type of stuff. 90th percentile, and expected slug and sprint speed, Trout and Tatis. Bring up his base running metrics. This is the last two years. Ellie Dela Cruz is putting him on notice as one of the fastest players in the game, but stolen bases, he's third. Stack cast runner runs, he's first, and sprint speed, the last two years, he's number one.
0: You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks,
1: scenic views. Back in on after hours, Dusty Legans with you on six ten Sports Radio. Almost done with this show tonight. Twenty eight minutes left. If you're soccer time, we're in the thirty third minute of eight o'clock. I just realized that if it's past the minute and ticking into the new one, that's how they record the minute in soccer. Things you learn watching the World Cup. Uh, women seem lucky to be still alive in the World Cup thanks to a post. Um. Speaking of alive, more things that are alive more than ever, as we had Aaron Ladd on earlier tonight, as the Jets look to kick a 53-yard field goal with five seconds left in the first half. It is piped and true. This over-under, the under is definitely not going to hit. As there is now, 25 points on the board. Not looking good. Not looking good for your boy, as the parlay tonight we had was Otani over 7.5 strikeouts and under 33.5 points as now the total at the first half is 25, I believe. Is it 25 or 23? I think it's 20, wait, 23 points total right now, so we can't have more than 11 points in the second half, which hopefully they'll just run the ball and work on formations and work on punting is what we'd like to see, but something that they're working on in Chiefs camp is the Chris Jones conversation. Pat McAfee today on his show is joined by Diana Rossini. They had this conversation when it comes to Chris Jones and his, uh, his extension or his, whatever he has coming up forward. Uh, Pat McAfee on, or Diana Rossini on Pat McAfee today.
0: The Chris Jones, the most recent stuff. I had a conversation with someone this morning uh, that's involved in the negotiations and they, they still feel really optimistic. They're going to get it done. Like the, like the number Chris Jones wants is it, it's a big number. It's a big number, but uh, the Chiefs, every conversation I've had with them over the last few months has been nothing but, you know, understanding his value, understanding his role in the team. We want to get this done. We feel good we're going to get this done. We're optimistic. Um, So that's one of those where I think it feels a little icky right now, but I think it's going to work out by the time we get to at least the third, fourth week of camp here.
1: Third, fourth week of camp, Diana Rossini, who joined Pat McAfee's show today, uh, when she had things to say about Chris Jones, where the conversation leads to, what's going on with the negotiations. And again, a lot of people say, hey, Chris Jones doesn't need to be at camp. It's hot. It's, you know, he doesn't need to practice. We need a different, you know, viewpoint on when it comes to where these players are in the preseason, the, co- the organization not worried about it. But at this point, I think we can all admit that. There's a little bit of nerves, a little bit of stuff going on, because, again, we know the number of mispractice, $50,000 a day. Again, I have an assumption that if, the fact, the conversation does come to a screeching halt, both sides agree, and they get to a point where this can happen, maybe some of those fines get brushed under the table where the Kansas City Chiefs put into, hey, it's all good. We understand that you weren't here. Contract negotiations were going down. We'll get rid of some of these fines. Again, I don't know if that's to be true. It may or may not be. But for one thing I can tell you is that I did think for a while that Chris Jones was in that, you know, untouchable circle or the Jack Burns from meet the Fockers or meet the parents, whatever it was, the circle of trust. Once you're in, you're in, but once you're out, you're out. And there were conversations to be had that there was, well, Tyreek Hill didn't get his, you know, extension, didn't get paid top money. Tyra Matthew, they went south of what he wanted. He went somewhere else. New Orleans was that destination. Chris Jones also is in one of those brutal situations where you have a guy who is approaching the age of 30. He plays a very taxing position on the body. And again, a lot of people will say, well, last year, Aaron Donald got a massive extension, locked him up a hundred plus million dollars or a hundred plus million. Yeah. It was a hundred plus million dollars for Aaron Donald. And we didn't see the production. Maybe we'd see from an Aaron Donald. Now I will go in and say that that season for the Rams was quite the bit of an outlier. Cooper cup was out all season. Matthew Stafford was injured. And Aaron Donald kind of shut it down towards the end of the season because, well, it's not worth it to risk injury to a severe level. Let's just, you know, shut it down and we'll focus on the next season. Chris Jones is a guy very dominant in his position. Top two defensive tackles in the game. And a lot of tackles below him, like a Quinn and Williams, for instance, the most recent one, gets signed to the six, what was it, four years? 96 million, 66 million guaranteed And, again, I understand the business of the NFL. I also understand the situation that we're currently in. It's just now August. Teams haven't necessarily really ramped things up a whole lot. But, again, you look at what Andy Reid practices are. And we told you from the past there was a new Heights audio where Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey are talking about the Kansas City Chiefs and their practices and their drills. And there's the 80-yard drill where they say they go five yards at a time. And, again, I know Chris Jones is a veteran. I know Chris Jones has proved himself. I know the numbers don't lie. And Chris Jones is doing what every businessman would do in this situation. Trying to set himself up for the future of his life. Get one big payday. Wants to be a chief for life. We heard Aaron Ladd say that. He wants to be in the ring of honor. Wants to have his, you know, chief's jersey. Always be 95. Always wearing red. Doesn't want to be represented by another team. To take a line from Danny Duffy and the Royals. Bury me a royal. A.K. Bury me a chief. Do I think... Chris Jones wants to be here for his entire career. Absolutely. Do I also understand that the NFL is a business? 100%. It's a big business. It's not necessarily of what can you do for me or what have you done for me lately, but what can you do for me now? And if there's one thing that we know, the NFL is, well, you get to that age of 30, no matter where you're at on the field, unless you're a quarterback, your contract negotiation gets a little bit more serious than anybody else's. And Chris Jones is one of those players for the Kansas City Chiefs that we've seen from the past. When they get to this situation, you get to that very, very interesting sort of conversation. Hey, man, it gets rough. I know they're not in the room with negotiations. They get the report back from agents from what they're talking about. And sometimes it might hurt. Sometimes you might have that situation where they're like, well, they know that your age is this. They know you're under contract for $20-plus this year. What are we going to do? Do we want a two-, three-year deal? I don't know where the negotiations are at currently with Kansas City Chiefs and Chris Jones, but you would assume that years and money are the focal point of this contract. There's no necessarily talk of dedication. And again, we look at what the Chiefs have done this offseason from Kelsey jam, from red carpet ceremonies to NFL draft being hosted in the city when they came out in the all white Mahomes and Kelsey lifted the trophy. And I know there's conversations that have been had throughout the league where it's Well, Kelsey and Mahomes are okay taking less money so other guys can get signed. Where does this this stop? Does Chris Jones necessarily need to be a guy that they put money towards? And if there's one thing that Chris Jones is important to this team is its leadership and experience. You look at who the outside edge rusher is they drafted last year, and George Karloftis turned it on really, really significantly towards the end of the season. In fact, he had a a seven-and-a-half sack season last year, and there was a point in time where there was, you know, are they just going to let George Karloftis go free and double-team Chris Jones? Well, Chris Jones is still dominant, still a key factor on this defensive line. You're going to have to come to a point where it's like, okay, at this point, do we double-team Chris Jones or do we double-team George Karloftis? Chris Jones is a key factor to this defensive line. Chris Jones a key factor to this locker room. I can tell you right now, on a scale of 100, where is my scaredness of something of like a Chris Jones getting signed? It's at about a 20%. Now, that's a lot higher than it was last week when it was at a 5%. But, again, the longer this goes, the more nerves get struck in the city and other people, national writers, Diana Rossini, again, somebody who I value their word and value their clout with is the NFL. I do believe a Chris Jones contract gets done. But stuff like this can make the water a little murky ahead of time. And I think the other thing that is of concern with local people, at least team, people that follow this team that live in this city, is why has the deal not been done? If X, Y, and Z adds up, how come they can't get to A, B, and C? And, again, at the end of the day, it's a business The NFL is a big business, and this is just one of those things that hits close to home because it's your roster. You saw Saquon Barkley negotiations. Guess what next year is going to be? Justin Jefferson negotiations, Jamar Chase negotiations. We saw it with Saquon Barkley. Got a little bit ugly. Obviously plays a position in which isn't getting paid anymore. In fact, they're trying to figure that whole thing out, which is a different story in itself. But again, at the end of the day, out of a scale of 1 to 100, where are we scared at? I'm at about a 20 Would you like to see 95 at training camp? Of course. Would you like this conversation to be nipped in the bud and never be talked about again? Absolutely. Is it funny to see Frank Clark tweet, hey, let me talk to Chris Jones and see where he's at? You bet your ass. But at the end of the day, when it all comes down, you just got to let the guys up front do their thing. This is After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio. On the other side, we wrap this bad boy up and get you out of here at 9 o'clock. You're listening to After Hours on 610 Sports Radio.
0: You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic.
1: Second half officially getting ready to kick off in the Hall of Fame game. 16-7 is the score. We just need zero points in the second half because all the scumbags are in now, all the guys that are playing with a little pressure on their backs. We just need this game to just not have another score in it. I would love that. I would love the boringness of it. Just hoping that we can get somewhat of a non-repeat of the second half because there are no superstars in this, uh, in this second half or on these two teams other than Aaron Rodgers, And, but they're not playing. But speaking of superstars, you remember Kyle Brandt last year, all about the Bills. We know he's a Bills guy. We understand that. Former producer for Jim Rome wears the Bills on his shoulder. This was Kyle Brandt when talking about Mahomes and where he's at in the league at this point. Who's the
3: most talented? Who's the best on game day? You can debate him all day. Mahomes is the best one.
1: Mm. In the
3: era of the best quarterbacks ever, he's the best. In this country in the 1980s, we had a massive explosion of pop stars. Everyone was a pop star. And there's Madonna and there's Prince. Michael Jackson was the best one. He stood out. He stood above. In the 90s in this country, we had a massive explosion of basketball stars. All kinds of one name only people who were brands and shoes. Michael Jordan was the best one. They have the Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson during the quarterback era and We're just in the early stages of it. We are right now entering the, man, remember when Mahomes had Tyreek phase? We are going to enter the, remember when Mahomes had Kelsey phase? That'll be a distant memory by the end of his career. Mm. Then we're going to get to, remember when Mahomes was with Andy Reid phase? He's going to drop all of them eventually. He's going to (laughs) keep going. We are not early in his career. We are not late. We are right in the meat. Best quarterbacks we've ever had in this league, and he is the best one.
1: He hasn't repeated but he gives them the best shots. He's the best quarterback and the best quarterbacks in the world. That's it, Jay. Best quarterback in the world. Love the pop comparisons and all that sort of thing. God, I did not know Jim Schwartz was still in the league. Speaking of insecurity that we had earlier night on Urban Meyer. But again, we're now to a point where we can all accept that Patrick Mahomes is probably the best in the game. He's the face of the league. He's the best quarterback of the league. And we know that because we've seen it over the last five years. And nobody's even really kind of touched The Patrick Mahomes era. And I know that there is people like Joe Burrow in the league, but Joe Burrow has not won an MVP. He's not won a Super Bowl. He's only been to one Super Bowl. He's been to two AFC championship games, both on the road. And this year is a year where I think the Chiefs in general are really trying to solidify A, a dynasty, and B, they want to win back to back. And when it comes to back to back, Monday morning quarterback on the NFL Network, they talked about the possibilities of the Chiefs repeating as Super Bowl champions and that they are the best in the league.
0: Chiefs fans are going to love this but when I look at a question like this I try to play devil's advocate and Mm -hmm. so instead of looking at the question as will they repeat and why and the reasons why I try to I try to come up with other teams that could disrupt the pattern and I looked at the long list of Bills Bengals Eagles 49ers and what they did in this offseason compared to what the Chiefs did and it's like that fountain in Las Vegas when like the highest one shoots and the other one kind of explode as well and like but in your visually, in your mind, nothing ever comes as that highest the peak Bellagio. of water yeah, at the yeah. Bellagio. Nothing anyone else did changed what the Chiefs are about to do this upcoming season. The 49ers, of course, they added Javon Hargrave, but the Eagles, they added two rookies defensively that are going to be remarkable. There wasn't a huge splash for the Bengals. They got Irv Smith. That didn't really do much for me. Eric Bieniemy leaving for Washington mm-hmm. kind of created a ripple effect for the Chiefs, but. Again, everyone else already covered it. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, you're good. They could pull their own plays. They don't even really even need Eric Bietemi, we found, kind of towards the end. And now he's going to go try to do things for Washington. No one else got that much exponentially better compared to what the Chiefs did or did not do this offseason to create a ripple effect. I cannot yet come up with a reason why it shouldn't be the Chiefs. Furthermore, The Chiefs, someone could beat him in the regular season. They could beat him in September, October. We saw it last season with the Colts. This is not a team. If you don't want them to win a Super Bowl, you can't even let them in the playoffs. And that's just not happening. It's not not a thing that exists in this era of Patrick Mahomes.
1: Not an issue that enters in this era of Patrick Mahomes. We teased it earlier about Taylor Swift and the era's tour and what era this is for Patrick Mahomes. And I think that we are officially in the second era of a Patrick Mahomes career. I think we had the first era, which was dynamite, right? Explosive, two MVPs, maybe one if you want to count last year as the start of the second era, but we had an MVP, a Super Bowl MVP, a Super Bowl title, and two Super Bowl visits. Again, Mahomes never played a a road playoff game. Mahomes knows his thing. He knows what he's doing. He knows what his team needs. And the thing is, I've never been more serious about the Chiefs running a back-to-back year. I know that we had the show with Pete Sweeney called the Run It Back Show, we did that at, I think, at 4 a.m. to 6 a.m., and then Fesco would take in, um, which I never knew there were that many disappointed people that wanted to hear Clay Travis over a local sports talk. But in my mind, I think this year is set up for a year where we have a repeat Super Bowl championship game. I think when you look at this series against the – or you look at this year, you look at teams that either got better significantly or are still one of the better type of – Teams in the NFL. I think your top two teams in the NFL, at least right now, are the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia still has the Jalen Hurts, Devonta Smith, and A.J. Brown connection. Stefanski knows what he's doing. I'm sorry, Sirianni knows what he's doing. I say Stefanski because I'm watching the Cleveland Browns on TV. And you look at also when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs. Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs are no strangers to what the offseason can intend with what the previous season was. The Chiefs have been to the AFC Championship game and lost twice and gone directly back to the same situation. They've lost a Super Bowl and also gotten back to the same situation. They've won a Super Bowl and gotten back to that same thing. This is a year in which I think the Chiefs, when it comes to, you can call it chips on the shoulder or you could call it, you know, something to prove. This is something where I think when you look at the Kansas City Chiefs and you look at their season, if you win this You've done something that not a lot of teams have done. You have officially won back to back titles. You have won yourself a dynasty because there's a lot of people that say, hey, they might already be a dynasty. But with three wings, you three wings. With three wins at a Super Bowl, you've solidified yourself as a dynasty. Danny KCK chimes in. Hi, Dusty. I talked to David Cohn when he first joined the Yankees. That's when Duke Fry worked at six ten. I mean, that's throwing it back, Dan. That's throwing it day. Brandt, flipping Brandt, loves Bills and Allen consistently last year. That he did. That he did. Somebody chimes in from the Chris Jones thing. Marvin Harrison Jr.'s in the draft next year. Why not just straight up for a multiple first and seconds? Because you don't know who's going to do what. If you're going to trade Chris Jones, you got to do it at the end of the year, or you got to assign him and then trade him. Assign, then trade is more likely that you would see there. From the 816, hey, Wolf, this is Tyler from Lee Summit. My old lady says you're having a birthday party this weekend. Downtown Lee Summit or the Tool Shed in Independence? Happy birthday, Wolf. Well, my birthday's not till Monday, August 7th. Pure-blooded Leo. But I am having a birthday celebration. I can't think of anywhere else to be than downtown Lee Summit to celebrate with my boys. Perfect song to end the show. Shout out FIFA 15, whatever that means. I do remember FIFA 15. I used to play FIFA all the time. But, again, it's been a fun show tonight. The Hall of Fame game continues. I believe Aaron Rodgers on the microphone now. Cleveland Browns, New York Jets, it's as advertised, 16-7. to 7. They're running the ball. The scrubs are in. We just can't get to 33-1. we got to stay below 33-1. You think Shohei Otani has a strikeout right now? Let's look it up. Terrible radio, but I'm doing it anyway. Angels have started. Yes, end of the first. How many strikeouts for Shohei Otani? One. Seven more to go and fewest points allowed, and your boy will hit on a nice parlay. But again, when it comes to this season and it comes to wrapping this show up, the things that we talked about tonight, Bobby Witt Jr., superstar has arrived. Everybody's dreams have come true. Bobby Witt Jr. is here. The only problem with now is the Royals have a big decision to make in the offseason. Do you extend him now and do the early extensions that we see in baseball, like you saw with Fernando Tatis Jr., like you've seen with the Ronald Acuna Jr., like you've seen with other guys on teams that have shown that they can be superstars early? Or, being a small market team, do you trade Bobby Witt Jr. and get a haul back and try to be a tier of the Tampa Bay Rays? The other thing that we've talked about tonight is, well, Urban Meyer is still a tool. Urban Meyer will always be the worst head coach to ever coach in the NFL. I will die on a hill that nobody else will come after me with ever. The story we told was he was called a rookie head coach. He called a guy from his special team cell phone and said, take it back and tell me how much you love me and how good I am or I'm cutting your ass. And the guy had to do that. He literally had to go back and tell the guy, hey, I'm sorry. I apologize. It's my fault just to save face so that he wouldn't get cut. The other thing we talked about tonight, Justin Ross is here. Justin Ross is obviously making this 53-man roster. Kadarius Tony, with the likelihood that he could be put on the IR, would miss four games. Somebody's got to step up. Who says it can't be Justin Ross? Not me. Not me. I think Justin Ross could be that guy. If so, let's see it. MBS, Sky Moore, Justin Ross, Watson, Rich James. Hell Yeah. You hear the music in the background, that means this show is officially over. For all of you that joined in on the text line, 913-586-7610, I appreciate you. It's a programming note, I'll be in St. Joe tomorrow doing Cody and Gold with Alex Gold. Cody, getting the day off. We'll be live in St. Joe. We'll also be live in St. Joe on Saturday from 9 until noon with After Hours. I thank you all tonight. As we say every night, go do something nice for somebody. Could change the way the world works. It's cool to care. Stay safe. And take care, Kansas City. I love you all. We'll talk to you tomorrow from 10 to 2 on Cody and Gold.
0: You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio.